You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Robert Vore, and I am one of your hosts. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Dr. Holly Oxhandler. Hey, Holly. Hey, Robert. On today's episode, we talk with poet and author Tanner Olson about creativity, holding pain and hope, and how faith and mental health are part of his work. But first, Holly, how are you today? I'm. We're making it. Yeah, I I know you've had a busy day. Yeah, well, yes, today has been just busy catching up from the last week. But I, yeah, I just, I feel bad we didn't get to put out an episode last week because, you know, Texas and much of the South was hit pretty hard with uh, winter storms. And so, um, yeah, so today's just been trying to continue to catch up from everything last week kind of being mm-hmm. a mess but also trying yeah. to be gentle through this so yeah you know yeah is everything your house and all that is is back I know at one point yeah. you had sent me a picture of you holding a hair dryer trying to warm your pipes with a hair yes! dryer so that they didn't burst so That's that was right. uh, kind of the level of where where you were yes. last week so we we said hey we're not gonna worry about it that's right episode or anything yeah uh, but is everything yep. uh Back to functioning and yes. and all that. Yes, relatively, I would say. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about sending you that picture. Actually, I think that's really funny. <laughs> you yeah. reminded me of that. But yeah, we had one pipe that froze, but thankfully it thawed. Gosh, I think it was last weekend, last Sunday, maybe. It yeah. it, it thawed, but yeah, thankfully we are really fortunate. We did not lose power. We did not lose water. Um, we have a lot of loved ones though who did lose both. And, yeah. you know, we're trying to like coach them through like melting snow that was out in the yard so that they could use that for water, um, for different things yeah. in the house. And I, I, I mean, it's going to take a bit, I think for us to like catch our breath from that, yeah. just seeing yeah. the size of need and everything over the last um, couple of weeks. But but yeah. thank goodness we are okay. Our kids, I will say one one fun thing from this, our kids, like we did, um, like we like did camping with them in the living room because even though we yeah, didn't yeah. lose power, thankfully, we kept being afraid that it, we would lose power in the middle of the night. And so, you know, our kids had a little camp out in the living room each night. And so that was fun. But yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're... Well, actually, this week, never mind. This week was wild. Never mind. I'm going to be like, other than that, we're, we're okay. But no, like I sold, I know I, I posted on social media, like we sold, or I sold um my car that I've had for 14 years. I mm-hmm. got, oh gosh. Um, yeah. I had to say goodbye to that this week. And that was a little heartbreaking. But anyways, there's other stuff too. But I would love to turn the question around and see, how are you doing, Robert? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm glad that, that everything is going all right for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it's it's my dog's birthday. So I might go get <gasps> oh, some ice cream. Oh, happy later. birthday, Knox. That's awesome. Yeah. He certainly won't get some ice cream, but, uh, you know, he's, he <laughs> mm-hmm. actually uh, had his teeth cleaned earlier this week. So he's still on, oh, yeah, you know, uh-huh. kind of trying to take it easy. Uh, so no, no major celebrations for him, but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretending like that's a holiday today and, you know, celebrating it, it mentally, even though we're not like doing anything, but, uh, but yeah, no. going, doing, doing well. Oh, I have a question for you. 
I have been noticing that you have been posting quite a bit lately about WandaVision, and I have Hmm. a confession to make. I Uh have actually totally... I'm totally caught up on it within like a very short amount of time, which is very mm-hmm. unlike me. I do usually am, I'm not really much of a TV show person. I just don't, that's just not a big, big thing for me. But um, yeah. Corey and I have been watching it the last few nights and I was like, oh my gosh, we're actually caught up. I mean, granted there's like seven episodes, but you well, know. Okay. So to be clear, <laughs> we're recording this on a Friday. Yes, that's and true. And you just said last night. So have you watched today's episode? No, we'll watch it tonight when the kids go to bed. Okay. Yep. Okay. Is that gotcha. a deal? Is that okay? That's fine. I was just you- I was making sure I didn't want to, you know, ruin anything for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Have you have you already seen the next one? Yes, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That's amazing. We're we will watch it by the end of today and so when this episode comes out, we You'll will have seen it. Yeah have already seen it. So um, what is it that you love about the show? Yeah, for me, uh, obviously, I uh, I mean, you know, it's about me, right? Like I have enjoyed the the MCU for a while, just in terms of like, I think it's it's a very impressive storytelling to be able to do this across like such, I mean, it's like unprecedented, right? And the level to which they're able to kind of construct these things that, that all flow is pretty, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But in particular with WandaVision, I, I think the fact that it's kind of this weird mystery show and that it's a weekly release. I've talked about that with a couple of people, right? But I'm having kind of a watching experience that I haven't had since Lost originally aired, which is like oh, every week yeah. you get to kind of, you know, kind of huddle up and say, okay, what are the, what do I think is happening? What are your theories, right? Like kind of have that whole mm-hmm. discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't happen super often anymore. A, because I don't like not a lot of shows tend to to have that kind of mystery element, but also just the age of, kind of Netflix style of like dumping a whole season, right, means that there's not yeah. that time built in. And so I actually thought I was going to hate the weekly release because I'm now more used to like we can sit down and watch a whole a whole season. But it's mm-hmm. been interesting how much mm-hmm. I have enjoyed because like Lost, that's why Lost holds such a, such a, a fondness in my heart is because like we watched yeah. it as it aired and I, I mean, hours and hours mm-hmm. of like staying afterwards with friends to be like, okay, what do you think this was, right? Like just mm-hmm. that kind of communal aspect. And um, and so that mm-hmm. element of this has been really, has been really fun. So yeah. So awesome. I, I know obviously you're having a different experience, like kind of watching it all more clumped together, which is totally fine mm-hmm. as well. Right. But um, I think that's been, that's been fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm totally with you on, it's so cool how they are able to weave in all these different narratives and stories and like still keep the thread enough that we can track with them as they pick up on different storylines. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been neat. Yeah. Well, speaking of, well, I'm going to do creativity, creativity creativity and narratives. Yeah. Yeah. We we got there. Uh, Mm -hmm. This week's episode, (laughs) we had Tanner Olson on who on uh, Instagram goes by at written to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm curious what your, what were kind of some of your main takeaways? Yeah. Well, I, I'm, first of all, I'm really glad that we ended up getting to bring him on the show. Um, I mean, I, I know, I know in the episode that I've been following him and his work for a while now and just really admire his poetry and, the way that he delivers it, but still having like a dash of humor in appropriately, like, and, and you, our listeners will hear that in this episode too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But he, you know, he just, it's 
it's really neat seeing how he walks the walk in his work that he does and in his poetry and the ways in which he mm. integrates um, faith and mental health without being too overt or I don't know. And it, there's just such a, I feel like there's such a base note of service underneath what he does that that's one of the things I really do love about, about Tanner and about his work. And so I feel like one of my yeah. takeaways from the, you know, our conversation with him was that he, you know, those things that I had picked up from following him for a while really continue to ring true. And I loved that we, you know, that he got to read some of his poetry. I don't know, yeah. just just his story and how, you know, he's come into poetry, how he is using poetry now as a way to serve others, as a way to help bring some hope or light or goodness to people's days. Yeah. It's just really a gift. Like he is, he's genuinely a gift in our world. So I'm grateful yeah. for that. Well, we will get out of the way. And here is our interview with Tanner Olson. Today we have Tanner Olson on. He is an author, a speaker, and a poet. He started the creative project Written to Speak in 2013 to spread hope and announce love through spoken word and poetry. His writing has been described as unique as it blends faith, humor, and curiosity as he seeks to point readers and listeners toward the ultimate source of hope and love being Jesus. Tanner lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, Sarah, and their dog, Pancake, and he's the author of two books, the first being I'm All Over the Place, a book of poems, prayers, and wonderings, and the second being As You Go, Words for the Unknown. Tanner, it's so good to have you on. Thank you for being here today. It's great to be here. Just happy to be here. I love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I want one of those big banners. You have the, a big banner behind you that says, I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And I want yeah. to like, reach through and steal it and put it up in here. I'll send one to you. That's awesome. I, uh, I have a designer friend and I sent it to him and I was like, look what I made. And he goes, well, it, the spacing is all wrong. And I was like, okay, never mind. Don't. I'm never going to send you anything again. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not a designer. I am a writer. And those are two very different said, things. said, well, the words in your email don't flow very well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, is there anything I missed in that fancy bio there that you want to tell our listeners about? I think that that basically summed it up. Uh, it's I, I do feel a little, I think the right word is uncomfortable when somebody like reads my bio, because I it, it sounds like I'm more than the person that I am. And I see myself as like, no, I'm just just a guy. I just like writing uh, and I and I just want to spread hope and I don't want to have all these extra layers that comes come along with it. But I, I, I don't think that you can sidestep that. And so what I would say to that is I'm just a guy. I just like to write. And this is the thing that I am doing with my life. And it's not greater than what you're doing. It's just what I'm doing. That's awesome. I love that. That's yeah. Very humble and honest, and I appreciate that. Well, I'm excited to have you on because I know that um, I think I, I think I had started following your work. Gosh, I think it was maybe like five or six years ago. Like at some point between moving from Houston to Waco, I stumbled across your stuff and have just loved getting to see the words that you've been putting out there and how you have kind of shifted and evolved in your poetry and your writing over the last several years. And so. I kind of want to start by just asking you if you can give us a little bit of a backstory behind kind of what led you into writing poetry and sharing it with us and, you know, just, yeah, just kind of what led up to that, what you were doing before and just yeah. wherever you want to go with that. 
Oh, that's great. Well, if you've been following me for about five years, you've seen a whole shift and progression mm-hmm. of change. So uh, thanks for sticking around for that. You know, uh, because uh-huh. I mean, uh, the beginning, uh, this wasn't what I thought I would be doing with my life. And I don't think anybody's really doing what they thought they would be doing with their lives. But for me, like I, I went to college to be a youth leader to work in a church. And, and I got to do that for a little while. And through, through over the years, especially right after I graduated from college, I just found myself writing poetry. And it was something that I was just interested in doing. And it, and it really helped me think through the things that I was thinking and feeling and wondering. And it was just a great outlet. And then I realized that, oh, this is something that I could share with, with the rest of the world. And so I had a handful of poems and I decided, well, what's the next right step? You got to make a Facebook page to put it all on there, right? That's just natural. Uh, but this was back in 2013. Uh, so it was quite a little while ago. And it, and it just kind of started off as me trying to figure out what does it mean for me to be a writer or for me to be a poet? I didn't necessarily have a, a writing voice. I didn't have an audience. I didn't really, again, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was doing a lot of it, right? Uh, and so over the years, it just kind of evolved from writing these really long form poems into shorter poems, into poems that that people could really like hold on to and see themselves in rather than mm-hmm. being like, wow, he's just talking really loud and fast and it's kind of kind of obnoxious. Uh, and that's really how it started. So there was this huge uh, evolution over the years of, of my writing, but I think more than just my writing, it was kind of how I viewed myself as, uh, as an artist or a writer. At first it was like, I have to be this. And now every day I, I'm learning more and more. No, I just get to be the writer that I would like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to offer the things that I know how to offer and be the person that I know how to be. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. It started back in 2013, uh, released a couple of spoken word albums. And then kind of from there, I, I started to figure out my voice and what I wanted to do with what I call written to speak. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, yeah. I've definitely noticed that evolution over time, and and just how you've shifted and your focus and some of your language, and um, but there's still been this con like this consistency through it too. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, thank you for unpacking that. Yeah, well, it's hard yeah. to remove yourself completely from the things that you write and right. that you create. And I think yeah. at the beginning, I really, I really wanted to prove to people that I was more than just the kid who made jokes but I really am Mm -hmm. still just the kid who makes jokes. And so now (laughs) in like in my early work, there's like, there's no hint of my personality in there. Well, there's like a dash, Mm. right? But now with the things that I write and the things that I release, it's like, well, there's a joke in the middle of this pretty serious poem. And that's often what I do when I'm talking about something serious is I want to make, I I don't want you to, I want you to feel what I'm talking about, but I also don't want to lose you completely to that. And so like, like it mentions in my bio, my, my writing kind of, it takes curiosity and questions and it also blends in humor as well, because that's just who I am as a human being. At least I think it is. So. Yeah. I love that. It, it reminds me, we had Morgan Harper Nichols on the show a while back Mm -hmm. and even uh, like Pretty recently, we uh, we talked with Allison Fallon about writing as kind of this, uh, you know, instead of saying like, okay, I need to be quote unquote a writer, or like I need to uh, start out with this thing established as like I'm going to be blank in kind of like a, a establishing a brand, instead of that kind of just saying, how do I how do I do this to help myself process? How do I do this mm-hmm. just being like a genuine uh, part of me? And that's what people tend to resonate with, right? Instead of mm-hmm. like, oh well, I have to. I'm trying to be this particular type of brand or whatever, right? Like you lose kind of yourself in that and then people, A, probably won't resonate it with as, with it as much and B, it's probably not that great for you either if you say, okay, t- 
tone down all of me, like scoop all of me out. And I have to be just like, quote unquote, like capital, like a writer. That's probably yeah. not fun or anything, you know? And so it's um, exhausting. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I think when I, when I talk with, with those who want to be writers, that's one of the first things is that what I share with them is like, well, first of all, you should be yourself, but also call yourself a writer from the start. Don't, don't call yourself an aspiring writer. If you're putting words down on a piece of paper, that's what you are. You are a writer. And so kind of live into that as well, because that's going to, you're going to find a lot of confidence in that. I think for a long time, I was like, well, I want to be a writer. And I had hundreds of poems. I had released things and I was like, I still just want to be a writer. And instead I could have just said, no, I am a writer, but I'm not, I'm not this writer and I'm not that writer. I'm just me. That's awesome. I love that. I am curious, just following up on that, like, is this something that you have thought that you've always wanted to do? Like, is this something like that you can think back to like when you were much younger that you were wanting to write or let alone write poetry? Or is this something that's kind of evolved as you've gotten older? When I was in middle school, I I loved punk rock music. Well, I still do. Uh, if you read any of my stuff, you're like, well, there's a little bit of angst in that kid still. Mm-hmm. Most, there will always be <laughs> yeah. a little bit of angst in me. That's awesome. Um, yep. <laughs> so you're in good company. <laughs> that's great. But I would listen, you know, I listened to these artists and I would just connected with their words over and over and over again. And I was like, well, I want to be in a band, right? But I cannot sing and you don't want me to sing. I cannot play music and you don't want me to play music. I, I was a camp counselor for several years. And so I know like the four basic chords, but anytime I would sing, even the campers would be like, I'm not sure he should be doing that. Uh, and and they were, they were right. They were also like seven. And so I was like, wow, you, you really know your stuff for being seven years old. You know what's good and what's not good. Um, but I was, I, I loved the words that they wrote. And so I went from trying to be this, musician to just being a writer. I just wanted to put some words on a piece of paper. And even in like our language arts class, when our our teacher would say, hey, for extra credit, you could write a poem or you could write a short essay. I was all over that, mostly because I needed the extra credit because I wasn't a good student. Just test anxiety. Oh, man, just was not never going to happen. And so that was kind of how it all started. Like I can there's I have a poem that I that I share when I do shows for for students and, and really for adults too. It's it's a poem titled Silk and Milk. And it's a poem about the first poem I ever wrote, followed by the first poem that I ever wrote. And the first poem that I ever wrote goes, uh, your hair is like silk, the color of chocolate milk. It's very good. I understand. Uh, but <laughs> but it's just like, I mean, that's kind of where it that's kind of that where how it all is that your wife. Uh, no, that's how well, I would say in, it wasn't written for Part of the her proposal, but Really had to weed out some of the other ones who, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just so eventually it, it worked out. But uh, yeah, that was oh, middle school Tanner, just uh, it was a little chubby boy writing poetry. So uh, yeah, that was that was that's kind of how it all, all started. But I, I think that's really, you know, the, the progression of where kind of like most artists begin is they're just like they kind of dip their toe in. And I think, you know, it, it took me from about seventh grade until I was about 22 years old to realize, oh, this is something that I like. And this is something that I'm allowed to do. Yeah. Uh, I, my friend, my friend Kyle has has two kids and he tells, he, he talks to me a lot about it because I, I don't have kids and I, but I want to know what it's like to, to be a father. And he says, like his, his one of his outlooks on parenthood is, is he just wants to give his kids opportunities, opportunities to see different things, to experience different cultures. And so when I visit middle schools and elementary schools, I want to show kids that 
a different a different way of doing a profession or a different way of communicating mm-hmm. or a different way of of writing or to really just kind of break down their idea of what poetry is because I think a lot of them are like well it's just Shel Silverstein and Dr. Seuss and Shakespeare and that's part of it but there's there's so much more to it as well so to give these kids this opportunity to see hey like maybe you like music and you like words well you can do something similar to that with them. And I just, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that being a poet was a, was a profession. Uh, and I still try to convince my wife most days that yes, it is a profession and this is my job. Mm, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. And I love what, I love what your friend says too, about being a parent is exposing them to these different experiences. That's a, I, I really like that. That's good. Yeah. Me too. So potentially shifting from uh, like, okay, I kind of stumbled into like, oh, I, I can write some stuff here and there and maybe I share it and that's good to something where, you know, maybe now you say, okay, I put out kind of a more consistent stream of things, right? My guess is that you have figured out kind of a, a writing process or ways to get inspired, things like that, right? So could you tell us a bit about like what inspires your poetry and what what the writing process is like for you? Yeah, it's a re- that's a good question. And I say it's a good question because I'm trying to think of the answer right now. Uh, I've heard it phrased in a lot of different ways where it's like, what inspires you? But but for me, and especially in this last year of, of 2020 and in the two extra months of 2020 that we've been given so far this year is mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm very inspired by the things that people are sharing online that seem to either break their heart or give them life. And so it's, it's like recently it's what's been happening Mm -hmm. in Texas and it's, Mm -hmm. it's relationships between different groups of people. And it's the things you see people, you know, losing parents to COVID or or to whatever it is. And so a a lot of the things that seem to be breaking the hearts of people, but also to be giving them life as well are the things that inspire me to write. And I want to narrate what they're thinking and feeling and going through as best as I can, because I'm going through a Mm -hmm. lot of those similar things as well. The, I think the highest compliment that a writer can get is uh, you you put into words what I was thinking, you put into words what I was feeling, you put into words what I was going through. Yeah. And, and that's what inspires me to keep writing is because I, I want to hand off something hopeful that somebody can just stick in their back pocket for the day or to give them words to pray when they don't have the words to pray anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where where kind of where I, I see myself. And, and over the years, the writing has evolved from me wanting to either get my story across, my point across, or my belief across. And now it's, I want to offer something that is hopeful and is going to remind you that hope is real. I want to offer you something loving and remind you that that love is real as well. So yeah, I, I think I'm inspired by by a lot of things and it can be overwhelming, but it also allows me to to sit down and, and put some words down on paper. And I'm also, mm. I'm often inspired when I listen to other people talk and, and share their story. I'm somebody who at, at church on Sunday, I have, I like have a notebook and I am just like scribbling down the whole time because mm-hmm. it's like the most inspiring place that, that I can be at. It's mm. more inspiring than a coffee shop. And I know church is not just inspiring. We're not going to get into a theological discussion, but <laughs> for me, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to people talk and pray and sing. And that's when the, my, my head just begins to fill with words and words and words and words. And I have mm. to, it's like a balloon. I don't want it to, to pop. I just want to, maybe it's not like a balloon. I kind of lost that thought, <laughs> but I, I, I just want to get it, get it out before it explodes, you know? Yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. I, 
I, I too am someone with a notebook in church every week and I get that, like just scribbling down all the, those little movements or those nudges of, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's really good. I like that. So you, you mentioned something there that I wanted to follow up on, right? You, you mentioned being inspired by the things that are breaking people's heart, right? Like, and so much of this past year has been kind of this collective grief and trauma and, and all of that. But then you also said, I, I want to write something that gives people some hope kind of to hang on to, right? And so I'm curious how you, because that can be a, a tricky needle to thread in terms of like, I don't want to write something that is mm-hmm. kind of a like a, a like a cheap hope where like, don't worry about any of that and just look at it, right? Like kind of this like bypassing that we've talked about, but obviously you also want to have that element there. So how do you kind of balance those in terms of like holding the tension of, hey, this thing really is heartbreaking and like, I want to speak to that experience And also I want to bring in some like hope so that there's kind of, you know, like that aspect of it as well. Being somebody who puts a lot of things on the internet, it can be difficult to try to like cover your basis, I guess. Um, And as (laughs) somebody who's, is is somebody Mm -hmm. who is, is a poet. And this is one of the reasons why I like being a poet is because it's, Poetry is like this own language and people can take the words and hold them as they want to. Um, Whereas like if you're delivering a lecture or a sermon or writing a book, you really need to cover everything. And and a poet really just gets to fill in, fill in those spaces where there aren't words yet. Um, And so for me, when I, when I write something hopeful that comes out of heartbreak, I don't want to ignore the heartbreak. I think somebody asked me the other day, they were like, what do you do? when you feel sad or when you feel angry. And my answer, and I think this is right, I don't know if it is, but is is to feel it. Like if you feel sad, like let yourself feel sad. If you feel upset, let yourself feel upset, but but don't sit there. Um, and I think the thing that allows you to, pu- to, to pull yourself out of that or invites you to take a step away from your sadness or your anger or your fear, I think that is hope. And so there's this there's this bridge between the two. And I think, at least in my understanding and the things that I believe hope always has the outstretched hand and it's always there and it's always being offered. And sometimes I I don't want, I don't want to believe that. And I don't want to see that even though I know it's true. And so sometimes I just need to sit with the sadness or I need to sit with the heartbreak. And uh, like, for example, one of, one of my good friends, her, her father passed away because of COVID a couple months ago. And my my response to that is for as much as I wanted to tell her everything was going to be okay. And for as much as I wanted to say, hey, things are going to get better. Like, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, what a cheap answer that is. Yeah. Because that yeah. just completely ignores what she's going through. And it's like, hey, it's just, it's going to get better. Like, this is just part of the chapter. This is part of the story, but there's another one being written. And for as much as I believe that's true, we're not there yet. And so like yeah. to, to sit in the, in the sadness or the fear or the anger or the hurt or the pain, like that's okay, but I don't. I, I still don't think that's a place where we should make a home. And I think that's where hope says, mm-hmm. "Well, I have a better home for you over here." Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. Yeah. 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 It, it certainly does, and I I I feel like you're really speaking to some of the things that we've talked about on this show. One being the need to feel. We have this. You know, we've used this phrase before. We talk about needing to feel it to heal it, and what you're saying around like needing to actually feel those emotions and sit with them, but obviously not stay in them and dwell in them. We can't stay in them forever, but we need to still create space for them and be with them for the time that we 
need to be with them. But but moving towards hope, I mean, we've also talked about on this show about how hope is a really vulnerable emotion. If not, I know I've said this, it is the most vulnerable emotion, I think. And so I think even just those two alone, like nod to what Robert was mentioning around the delicacy of the, the emotions and of hope and making sure that we're not bypassing, but honoring them well and moving through them and I don't know. I just I just feel like what every bit of what you have just said, it just echoes so much of what we have either said or, and just the way that you articulated it made really good sense. So good. I get nervous every time I talk. You know, <laughs> like I, I think one of my greatest fears after snakes and glitter is that I what I say doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't I, I and I don't want people to to think that they are allowed to feel what they what they feel. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's definitely, it's okay to feel what you feel. You know, there's a lot of, um, I was part of a zoom call a little while ago and, and people were kind of harping on those who share like short inspirational thoughts on the internet. Um, and <laughs> like I was on the zoom call. Oh and my if goodness. You know my, yeah. you know my, if you know my Instagram account, it is literally mm-hmm. like, it's about 20 words or less. Uh, mm-hmm. first of all, because it's Instagram and people can't handle, you know, a thousand <laughs> right, words. Right. Uh, but like I, I share these little snippets that I think are, are hopeful or honest or truth are true, but also have these had deep meaning to it. And I think that sometimes these, you know, these five or six words just put together, people can just kind of gloss over, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of truth. I mean, you just have to, you have to lean in. And I think one of the things that I'm really bad at, and I think maybe our world isn't as, as good at as we want to be, is is taking time to pause and to lean into what is right in front of us, whether mm-hmm. that's sadness or whether that's fear or yeah. whether, whether, whether it's just Monday um, or hope, like to take time to pause and, and to lean into that and to see that there's there's actually a great amount of depth here. And maybe even in just these couple of words, there's a great amount of depth here for us. And we have to take, a, take time to just kind of sit in it for a little bit little bit before we either scroll to the next thing or get up and go on to the next to-do list or whatever it may be. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And would echo in what you're saying that, you know, the, what you put up, I mean, I know that there have been times where I'll scroll and I'll see something that you post and it just stops me in my tracks and I have to like sit there and read it a couple of times. Those are usually the things that I end up sharing, (laughs) but they're, they're good. I mean, and it's not, they're not long posts, but they are helpful in reorienting. Um, I know one thing that you do too, that somewhat speaks to this as well, but you have this almost daily, I think, practice of like, you'll take a picture of your coffee and you'll draw a happy face in it. And you'll write, um, just happy to be here, nodding to the sign that Robert was commenting on a moment ago that's behind you. Um, it's such a simple post. And yet, honestly, for me, it's become this grounding reminder of what a gift each day is. So whenever I see you post that, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here to have another day. God, how lucky I am to have another day. Like, this is good. So I, I wanted to weave that into our conversation and ask a little bit about the backstory behind that, kind of like when you started that and, and namely like what that practice has meant to you having heard a little bit about what, how I receive it at least. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, and that's why I do it. It is this, like this daily practice, this daily reminder that, that first of all, I am here and I am just happy to be here. And, and it all started really because I wasn't happy to be here. Right. You know, in a, in a lot of my writing, I talk about depression and anxiety and, 
and uh, and all the fun things that come along with living. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's you know there are some days that are more difficult than the others, and so sometimes I I take a picture of the coffee and I draw the smiley face and I write just happy to be here, and that's a reminder for myself that you know I am here and here is a good place to be, and you know kind of even just in that it it brings a little smile to my face because not things aren't easy. It's been a year. It's, it's been a long, it's been a long year for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, like, I am just happy to be here. Like there is still some good that's on the way. There is still some hope that's ahead. And, and I want to be around to see some of it. I got a message from uh, someone a couple, couple weeks ago and, and they were like, I didn't understand why you post this every day, but I was having a really bad day. And I realized that I was still just happy to be here. Like it, it made more sense to me when I wasn't happy mm. to be here. And like, it, yeah. I, and I don't, I honestly, I don't know why I do it. I just, I just, I do it. You know, sometimes you can't explain why you do the things that you do. And I can't explain that, but I do it every day because I think there's somebody out there who needs to have the little reminder that, you know, just happy to be here because things mm-hmm. are hard because things are heavy, but there is still good that's on the way. And I'm still mm. going to be around to see it. Plus, I read something one time where you're supposed to have something on your story at all times that people want to see the things that you post. And so oh that for gosh. me is that. <laughs> <laughs> because the, that. the truth comes because, out. Because yep. the, inter- the internet is just one big game. We're all losing. Yeah. But I, mean, but, but I also but I also don't have, you know, that's just something that I, I actually, I wouldn't post it if I didn't believe that it was true. Um, mm-hmm. And for as, as creative as I, as I want to be, I'm not that creative. So I kind of find, find myself doing the same things over and over again. I get like, I get stuck doing it. And so maybe I won't be posting something like that forever, but for now that's, that's what I'm doing. And for now I need that. I need that reminder. And it's, it's just, it's strange the number of conversations that have come out of that or the, the things that I have heard other people say to me about how, Hey, like I, I wasn't planning on being here tomorrow, but then I was on Instagram stories and I saw this stupid picture of a cup of coffee with a smiley face and the words, just happy to be here. And that did something inside of me. And I was like, okay, Mm. we'll keep doing that. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I'm thankful for it when you post them. They're fun to see. So yeah. And I, I really am just happy to have a cup of coffee. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned just then uh, how in a lot of your writing you talk about anxiety or depression, right? There's kind of these these links in there. And obviously, you know, kind of the, the central point for our show, what most of the conversations we have is kind of this intersection of faith and mental health, right? And so I'm curious, obviously, both of those are woven throughout your writing, as, as you just alluded to, even if it's not overwhelmingly explicit. Can you tell us a little bit about how you see those areas intersecting with your poetry? Yeah, I think, um, well, I'm going to make a short story very long, but this is a podcast that you're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> I remember I went to a, um, a, a a Donald Miller conference several years ago called Story Brand. And he talks about, you know, like, what's your what's your story? And and one of the um, exercises he had was write like this movie tagline, right? Uh, this like, mm-hmm. a couple of words based on what you what your mission is. And so. I sat there, sat there, and I was just kind of wondering. And, and then I wrote down the words: uh, "Write, speak, and live honest words of love." Like that was mm-hmm. the first thing. I was like, "Well, that's what I want to mm-hmm. do." Like I just want to write, speak, and live honest words of love. And the more that I thought about yeah. that, the more that I realized: well, if that's what I want to do, then that means that I actually have to be honest. And then I had to make sure that like, I could be honest about the things that I was ready to be honest about. Right? I think Brene Brown talks about that, where she basically says, like, 
she doesn't tell stories that she hasn't completely healed from or processed or, or whatever it may be. And so mm-hmm. for, for me, I was like, well, I'm going to put, you know, a lot of stories and a lot of personal things out into the world. I want to make sure that what I'm sharing not only is honest, but I'm, I'm ready to, to share those things. And I have seen that in my, my, like my willingness to be honest or, the way that I'm, I'm able to be vulnerable has allowed other people to do the same, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I think that honesty breeds honesty. Yeah. Like, like if you, if you're honest, like somebody else, like, oh, I, I can be honest as well. Or, or if mm-hmm. I take, if I admit that I took steps towards processing or towards healing, then maybe that's going to give somebody the encouragement or, or the opportunity, right? It kind of goes back to like, I share poetry so that other students know that there's, they can do share poetry as well. Well, if I talk about my struggles with mental health, maybe somebody else will open up about it as well. Or maybe that's mm-hmm. going to lead somebody to walk yeah. through the, the 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 doors of a of a therapist or a counselor for the first mm-hmm. time, yeah. and I and I see that over and over again, really uh, in the gospel. And it's you know it's Jesus is inviting people to to be honest, but he's also inviting them into something so much more. And I I, I know that when I'm honest and when I admit that things are wrong or when I admit that I'm having a hard day or when I admit that I'm just not happy to be here, I, it's met with grace. And it's met with mercy and it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, but I don't want to keep that inside. Um, because I, I, I just, I don't, I, that's not where it's supposed to be. Um, now that doesn't mean that needs to spill out onto every corner of the internet. That might just need to be a conversation with a friend. Mm -hmm. might just need to be a text message to my wife. It might just be, need to be one of those things. And so I'm not saying like, if you feel depressed or anxious, you should tell the entire internet. That's not a. It's not a good. That's not a good plan of action. Um, mm. But I do think that when you feel those things and you can share those things, that's when healing really begins. Because um, mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to deal with the things inside of us when we just keep them there. Yeah. 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 And and for me, and then in my writing as well, kind of going off all of that, most of the the longer poems that I've I've written, it always ends with something hopeful. It always ends with like. And I don't want to sugarcoat and be like, this things are hard, but good is on the way. But for me, that's kind of what it breaks down to. Like hope is always on the way. Good is always on the way. This is not the end, but it's okay to sit with what is breaking inside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's, I, yeah. I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability, even as you're unpacking the value of vulnerability and honesty in your response. But I, from what I've noticed, especially in your poetry, you have this balance of um, sharing without speaking from wounds, which I think is really what Brene Brown talks about. Like you don't want to speak from wounds. You want to be able to speak from scars. And yeah, I, I just, I, I, I certainly noticed that in, in that, you know, it seems like both faith and mental health are woven into your poetry in one way, shape or form. Again, as Robert was saying, without it being explicit or overly detailed or anything like that. It still feels like this bridge between the heavy, hard place and honoring the heavy, hard place and then helping folks move to that place of hope. Like that's what I kind of pick up from your writing. Well, that's good because that's what I want to do. (laughs) I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm doing that. That's good because the last thing I would want you to say is be like, "Well, it's all just pretty depressing," and I read it and then I don't like life at all. No, Uh, that's the last thing. It's the last thing that I would want to write. That was my earlier work where it was like things are Mm. terrible. It goes back to the being angsty and punk rock, right? Like she doesn't love me. Life's over. But that's there's more to the story. 
Yeah, no, there's more. That's good. I like that. So one thing I'll say is I know that you've, you know, you've been talking about speaking with students. You kind of noted a little bit about that a bit ago. And I remember when you had shared something about being really nervous about some eighth grade students that you had to present to. And I don't know if you want to get into that or um, talk a little bit about just what that has been like for you presenting to these classes and these students. But I want to piggyback on that question with an invitation for you to share any poetry with our listeners, perhaps one that you've shared with the students or something else. I don't know. Whatever you want to share with our listeners. Oh, for sure. I would love to share a poem. Um, <laughs> but before that, yes. Uh, yes. One of the things. So I, I don't know what I was reading, but it was somebody was basically saying, you know, you need to be clear as to what you do as a writer or a creative. It was one of those blog posts. That's probably very true. But the other day, somebody asked me, like, so, like, what do you do? And I was like, well, you know, I, I write I write poetry. I put a lot of it on the Internet. Um, I speak at conferences. Uh, I, I do shows for adults and for students of all ages. And they're like, wait, so you talk to people from third grade all the way up to adults? And I was like, yes. And they're like, you, can, you, you do that? And I was like, I, I, that is something that I do. And they're like, well, isn't that too much? And I said, well, sometimes, but I also have to pay the bills. But I love <laughs> writing. I love writing poetry. Just I just like writing and I like communicating things. And like I mentioned earlier, like, I'm okay. To, it's okay. Like I, I'm, I'm a, I like to be a joke. Right. Uh, and so I love to go into, into schools, like third grade, middle schools, high schools and, and share poetry of all kinds. And so there's like, if you go to my Instagram account, it's like, man, this guy's very serious, but I have a poem that is called Dan, the man, where I basically tell a story about there's this guy named Dan, the man who kicks a can all the way from here to Afghanistan. Right. It's like this really terrible poem, but it goes really <laughs> fast. And kids are like, I get this. This is fun. Mm. Um, and like I mentioned before, silk and milk. Um, but, but like, but this is, I mean, it's like, a, you know, it's to write, speak and live honest words of love. And I think sometimes for us to get to from one place to another place, we have to start at a, at a different spot, right? Like, so if you're in third grade, you're like, well, I, I know one day most of these kids here are going to struggle with depression and anxiety. And a lot of them probably are now. But like, if we can show them that poetry is is interesting and fascinating, then they're going to stumble upon some really great poets who are writing about being honest, about hope and about mm -hmm. what it's like to, to struggle with with mental health. And, and when I go into mm -hmm. schools, I, I, I mention it and I talk about those things because I think it's important for us even just to, to say words like depression and anxiety and mental health and to remind them that even from a young age, it's okay to say that mm -hmm. I need help or I need, I need to be reminded that things mm -hmm. are okay. And I can remember uh, one of the poems that I like to share, especially with older students and then with um, adults as well. It's one of my favorite poems that I, I wrote. It's a, it's a poem called Some Days, and it's in my first book, I'm All Over the Place. And I wrote this poem while I was living in northern Wisconsin. I worked at, at a camp up there and as a, as, a, as a central Florida boy at heart, that's where I grew up for the first 18 years of my life. I've always, I always knew the sunshine, like cold to a Floridian is anything under like 70, right? Like that's when you break out the parka. And then I decided to move to Wisconsin where anything under 70 is shorts weather, right? Like, and then you get to like negative two and then like, we're probably going to put a jacket on now. But as I was living up in Northern Wisconsin, I was just, it was struggling. It was a hard season. And so uh, I was driving back from the grocery store one day and I pulled over on the side of the road and I wrote down this poem and I didn't, didn't edit it at all. And it probably needed to be edited, uh, which is probably something I shouldn't say before I read it. But anyways, this is a poem called Some Days and it goes like this. 
Some days you'll need the open road and loud nostalgic music. You'll need phone calls with family and conversations with old friends. Some days you'll need the rain and you'll need the window down. Some days you'll need to get out of the car and take a picture in the middle of the road or pull over to watch the sunset. Most days you'll need a cup of coffee and an open Bible, and you'll need to get a refill on both. And some days you just need to be reminded that today is another day, and you'll need to do things to remind yourself that you are you, and you're alive to live. But every day we will need each other. We will need to be reminded that we aren't alone. Every day we will need meaningful hugs and hopeful smiles. We will need to hear that we are loved and and that it's okay for us to be ourselves. Some days we will have to ask to be told these things. Other days, honest words of love will be freely spoken into our lives. And those are the days we live for. Those are the days that keep us alive. And being alive is a good thing. So that was one of the first poems that I can remember writing and being like, maybe I could share this with with other people one day. Um, And like I mentioned, there's a lot of things that I would change about that poem, but there's nothing that I would change about that poem because it means something to me in that season. And I've written that poem in a lot of different ways, at least the heart of that poem in a lot of different ways over the years. Um, Because I think that's, that's the reminder for me is, you know, some days are going to be like this, but there's going to be other days where it's like this, but being alive in itself is, is a good thing. And then um, in my, my most recent book, As You Go, which came out during the pandemic, it was supposed to come out um, Mm. around Thanksgiving, but we released it in September because it was just like, I need to get this out. We need to have this in the hands of people, especially Mm. during a pandemic. And so there's, uh, and none of the poems in here are titled, but there's uh, one poem that I wrote one day and um, it's very repetitive, like most of my writing, but, but it goes like this. Maybe today is the new beginning you've been praying for. Maybe today is the new beginning you've been hoping for. Maybe today is the new beginning you've been preparing for. Maybe today is the new beginning you've been reaching for. Maybe today is the day. And I think it might just be. So short, simple things like that. But a lot of the things that I write, I write for myself and to myself. And as it turns out, uh, we all need similar reminders. Yeah. Because we're all human beings with belly buttons. (laughs) That's awesome. And there's the humor. No. I can't, we can't, we can't not, <laughs> it gets, un, it gets uncomfortable for me. And, uh, that's something I should probably talk to a counselor about, but, uh, that's okay. That's well, right. That's right now. I'm just going to keep pushing through. No, that's awesome. Well, I don't think you saw it when I was waving it, but I have, as you go right beside me and this actually, I'm really grateful that you did launch it when you did, because one of the things that I've been doing through the pandemic is I keep a few books of poetry beside my bed. And this is usually I'm reading a few poems before I go to sleep. Like that's kind of been one of the practices that I've picked up. And yours has certainly been beside my bed alongside some other poets. So thank you. Oh, that's awesome. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And thank you for reading both of those. Oh, yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. it's my job. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, that's, it's the weirdest thing. Like, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, is this what you thought that you'd be doing? And by no means is this what I thought that I'd be doing at 31 years old is, is writing poetry, but I I can't help but do it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, I I feel very lucky to have found something that I just can't help but do. Um, Yeah. Even though it's exhausting and most days I have no idea what the Mm -hmm. day is going to bring or if we're going to be able to pay our mortgage, but we're Mm -hmm. doing okay. You know, it's just, you know, if you feel like this is the thing that God's called you to do, I'm going to keep working at it and see what happens. That's awesome. I love that. 
Well, one thing that we love to ask people when they come on is, you know, obviously you, you write and share online, you're publishing books, like you said, you're speaking from people ages, you know, third grade to however old, right? So uh, one thing we love to ask people is, is what is your hope for this work kind of across the spectrum of what you're doing? Uh, what's your hope for it? I think the hope is, is, is to spread hope. Right? That's, that's the ultimate goal mm. is for people to read something or come to a show or hear me speak and, and walk away saying, well, I feel more hopeful now than when I walked in. They're leaving more hopeful. I also hope that one day I come across someone's work and they're super successful and famous and they're writing these best-selling books of poetry. And they say, there was this time, this one guy, and they don't even remember my name. This is the best part. They don't remember that I was the guy <laughs> who came into their school when they were in fourth grade. And he read a poem about animals and how nothing rhymes with orange. And I thought, I could be a poet. And they're doing what I'm doing, but better. Like that, that's, that's mm. the hope, um, is that to, to pass this on and to give, to show people that, hey, this is, that writing poetry and writing in general is a great tool. And it's a way that you can spread hope, a way that you can announce love, and it's a way that you can inspire other people to do the same thing. So that's that's that. And it's also like, I would love for this just to be a, a full-time job forever. Uh, and we'll see how that goes with the world. But that's 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 really it. Yeah, um, yeah I just want people to come across <laughs> mm. my work and, and and put a smile on their face and, and for them to, re, to, to re remember that, hey, hope is real and, and we're gonna be okay. Uh, and that there's depth in those those few words. That's so good. Well, listeners, if you want to connect with Tanner, you can find him on Twitter at Tanner J. Olson or on either Instagram or Facebook at Written to Speak. Um, you can visit his website at written to speak.com and you can pick up his books as you go, Words for the Unknown or I'm All Over the Place, a book of poems, prayers, and wonderings on his website or wherever you buy books. Uh, if you'd like to connect with Robert, you can find him at robert-4.com or on any social media at Robert4. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm at hollyoxhandler.com or on any social media at hollyoxhandler. Tanner, thank you so, so much for joining us today, for um, offering your wisdom and reading your poems and just, you know, just coming on to talk with us. Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners today? I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for listening to the CXMH podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMH podcast at gmail.com.